listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges a chance to stand out from the rest, even if they have to sit down to do it. I'm your host, Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon. And before we get started with today's program, I wanted to let you know a little secret about what's coming up in the new year. Zebedee, a modeling agency that takes in members of the LGBTQ community and the disabled community and shows everyone that anyone is capable of being a model and that all beauty and passion is more than just skin deep. You can listen to Zebedee Talent Talks podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And now for today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, she has been in several music videos. She is a writer, and she's a soon-to-be author as well as a mother. But she is also a model for the Zebedee Agency. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Michelle Cologne. Michelle, how are you? Hi, that was a wonderful introduction, Ben. Thank you so much. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very good. We haven't been buried by the Canadian winter just yet, but we're surviving. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you this week, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Now, to get to your story at the very beginning, you are an amputee, and unfortunately, you lost your arm in a car accident several years ago. Can you kind of tell us the story of what happened? Now, if you don't have to, if this makes you feel uncomfortable, but I do think it's important for our listeners, anyone who has already been an amputee at one point, or anyone who is an amputee, excuse me, and anyone who has friends that need to understand the situation a little bit better, what your mindset was at that time. So I lost my arm due to a tragic car accident um, in New York, in the Bronx. Um, it was, um, I can't really go too much into detail as to what exactly happened, but um, I did suffer uh, the loss of my right dominant arm. And um, I was only 19, year old, 19 years old at that time. So that was definitely a huge uh, transition, uh, something that I was almost in denial in, uh, in. (laughs) I mean, I can only imagine at just 19, you've finished high school. You're thinking that you're on top of the world. And then one day you wake up and they say, sorry, Michelle, but to save your life, we had to get rid of your arm. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a a tough time. It was a very dark time. Um, not just for me, but also for my family as well. Um, but mentally it was very unreal almost like a movie a nightmare if i may (laughs) oh that's totally understandable because for everyone involved your life has changed forever but what would you say Mm -hmm. was the hardest part of going through it was it the adaptation was it the acceptance of the situation what would you say was the most difficult aspect of knowing all right i have to live this way forever now Yeah, I think it was more the acceptance um, and and adapting. I mean, these were two things that I had trouble understanding because um, I've never 
I've, you know, I've, I've never lost a limb and I've also, I, I've known someone who did lose a limb, but I, I never really knew what it was like. So, you know, when you're going through something that is unfamiliar, I definitely was in a, in a space where, like I said, I was kind of in denial. So accepting and adapting were two of the hardest things that I had to overcome. And that's completely understandable because beforehand, because you had never lost a limb, you didn't know what it was like. You cannot know what any situation is like until you've experienced it. Hence the expression, walk a mile in my shoes and you will know. Right. <laughs> I mean, for example, I have cerebral palsy. I've had it my whole life, so I don't know any different compared to someone who's blind, someone who's deaf. It's a similar situation. Right, right. Yes. And I think that's an important thing for anyone who is not an amputee to try to understand not just, oh, lost a limb, how sad, just the complete life change that that actually means from getting different clothes, trying to figure out how to look after yourself independently, from going to a completely, let's just say, normal existence to, okay, now everything changes. Right. Yeah, that, that is the hardest part, because um, I've also met you know, not amputees, like limb different people and who actually were born with one arm and, and the experience is completely different, you know, because when you're born with two and you lose one or two, it's a whole different story. It's definitely something that you have to, you kind of have to what, readjust, readjust your mind, I guess. <laughs> right. You have to kind of change your yeah. outlook and your mindset on, okay, how am I going to deal with things right. now? Because this is the way things are. Right, exactly. And when you're you're used to a certain way of living, you know, it's it's different. I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't remember now what it's like to live with two hands. I'm sure it was a lot easier. But uh, now at this point, I don't, you know, I'm so used to having one that that's just my life now. <laughs> right, because at this point, you've adjusted to it. You've taken time to exactly. try to figure out what fits you best. You've come to accept it at this point. Yes, absolutely. Now... You're a very creative person. You've been in some music videos, you've done some acting, you're a model, and you've written a few things. Where do you think your creative side comes from? And did it help you during the adjustment process of living life with only one arm? Well, I, I grew up in a household um, of musicians. My dad is in a salsa band, so in the entertainment business has always been a part of my life. He's a singer and songwriter, um, guitar player. And so I think that I get my creative endeavors from him. Um, I get my smarts and my intelligence from my mom. <laughs> um, but definitely I grew up with it. So when I got into my car accident and, you know, just being, being young. And at that point, at that point, before my car accident, I was, um, writing a lot of poetry. And, um, so after my car accident, actually I stopped for a little bit, but then I started to write again and I started to write a lot of depressing poems, but honestly, those things have helped me kind of just overcome and accept my new life and accept my feelings and kind of deal with it. So I would say that it, in many ways, my creative endeavors have given me a boost of confidence and a boost of um, overcoming. Well, that is amazing to hear. And it's one thing that I would advise anyone, whether you have been through a trauma or not, it's to find a creative outlet because 
Trauma comes for us all in many different forms, but having the creative outlet can let you, I don't know, express and accept the trauma that you've had to live with in a healthier manner, whereas people have gone down a much darker path because they couldn't accept the situation. Yeah, if it wasn't for my creative endeavors, I feel like I would have definitely been one of those people that um, kind of just hone in and stay home all day and just, you know, disconnect from the world. So it's good to channel your energy in in whichever way that you can um, in a healthy manner. So speaking of trying to figure things out in a healthy manner, you've had one arm for several years now. You've been able to get the prosthetic to kind of replace or attach to your stump. But what advice would you give? to anyone who is a recent amputee or someone who has been struggling with their situation for a while? You know, going back, I am, I was about 20 years old when I first had my, um, a prosthetic fitting and it was, it was not necessarily what I thought. So, you know, back then, I don't think the prosthetics were so up to date and not as cool and, and good, great looking as they are now. Um, and they don't do as they, before they didn't do as much as they do now. Um, so actually when I got my prosthetic, I think I've only used it two or three times before I tossed it into, uh, back into with the bag and I never used it again because I was just already so used to being with, with one arm. Um, and I just feel like it, you know, it kind of just distracted me or backtracked me in certain, in a certain way. Um, it's more of a cosmetic feel for me, at least for me, but I would say, uh, for advice to someone that's, you know, is a new amputee, you know, it's, it's not an easy road. It's definitely a, it could be a very dark road at first. Um, and it can be a very confusing, but it isn't something that you won't overcome there's still a lot more to life than, um, than you can imagine. You can still go after your dreams. You can still do the things that you want to do. Um, it's all about a perspective shift. If you think positive, positive outcomes, if, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but it's the reality of it. It's that if, you know, if you think negative and you, you kind of don't accept it, um, it can lead you to a very a dark road or dark life. And, you know, I think that being that person at, at that point when I was a teenager and I lost my arm, um, I went through that dark and depressive road for a little while. And it took me a long time, but I got here where I am now. So I would say that healing is linear, as they say, and you may it may be different now, but sooner or later, you'll see that you're just like anyone else. And you can do anything like, like anyone else. Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story.
Right. Sooner or later, you will discover that you are capable of more than you thought. It, it's okay to feel, it's okay to be down after a situation like that, because it's a, it's a major life alteration. But eventually, you do have to get up, realize, this is how it is now. I can either be miserable about it and accomplish nothing, or I can get up and try to see what's in store for Exactly. Me. Exactly. It's, it's all about that motivation is just to, to see what else, like this is a life I was given. Great. So now I'm just going to roll with it. Speaking of inspirations, you mentioned uh, in a previous conversation that you lost your arm right around the time the movie Soul Surfer came out, where Bethany Hamilton lost her arm as a result of a shark attack. Would you say that her story was an inspiration for you going forward? And if you have any other inspirations, who would they be? Absolutely. Um, seeing that movie about like, I think it was like the summer after my, my car accident, it, it brought a lot of feelings back watching that movie, but seeing how much she had accomplished and just her going after it and having that support from her family and, and doing whatever she could to kind of just live that life that she was already living before. It inspired me so much um, in many ways. I, I, I thought, you know, this is, she was, she lost her arm and look, she's still going after what she wants. And so therefore I can do the same. And another inf uh, few inspirations that I have in my life, honestly, it's just all about motivation. Um, it's my son because my son motivates me and inspires me so much. I learn a lot from my, from my child. and. Um, the and it's it, it almost feels like limitless at this point that is amazing and i would like to say hello to your son even though he's probably in another room playing a game right now yeah. but still <laughs> not, definitely would love to have him come on at a later date maybe do a son children run in oh yeah that would be really cool he would actually love that. <laughs> Now, right now, it's amazing that you said you're feeling limitless with all that you've been able to achieve. Now, as an amputee and parent, is there any advice that you would give to anyone in the disabled community who is planning or considering parenthood? Well, it's hard. <laughs> um, it's going to be tough. You know, overall, parenting is hard, whether you have a disability or, or not. Um, but it's not something that you can't accomplish. Um, you know, I, when I had my son, I was a little insecure. Thankfully I had experience before due to my nieces and nephews, but this was a whole different, um, ball game because, you know, I, I, I lost my arm. So for me, it was, it was more of an insecurity of what I can do for my son and, 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 and almost like, will he, will he still love me? Will he accept me? Right. But once you have your child, it kind of just, it's an overwhelming feeling of this motherly instinct, I guess, if you may. And you kind of just forget all of those things. And that's all your kind of, you, your body just hones into being a parent and it's, it becomes easier and easier as you, as time passes. You know, I've heard something similar to that before from one of my teachers in high school that once you have kids and once you realize, hey, they're yours. There is a different change in someone from a personal standpoint and emotional standpoint that they immediately have child rearing instincts. Not all of a sudden, not everyone is capable of being a parent, but 
I definitely feel that if that's something you truly want to do, it is worth pursuing. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, children, they teach us a lot, you know, they challenge us, but it's, it's all in, in good, in good intention and good faith, hopefully. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's an amazing experience to be honest. It's like something I, I can't even like explain exactly what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, becoming a, becoming a parent, you know, and having a disability is challenging, but it's not something that, um, I can't, or no one can overcome. It's, it's, and children adapt way easier than we do a lot easier than we do. And, you know, I think that that was a huge thing with my son too, is that, you know, even changing his diapers, he used to just roll a certain way so I can get under him. And, and it was just so insane to me what he was doing because I never, you know, told him to do it or, or taught him anything. He kind of just maneuvered his way to make things easier for me. And I thought that that's just amazing. And that's what kids can do. I can just imagine him rolling over right now doing that. And that is just so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> now you've done a lot of things, including being a parent, being in a couple of music videos, but what made you decide to join the Zebedee modeling agency? Well, you know, I have a friend who her name is Kayla, who's also a Zebedee model and she's a, she's an amazing dancer. I saw her when, when she first got into Zebedee, I saw her do like one or two gigs and I thought, wow, like she looks amazing. You know, if, you know, and if she can do it, so can I. And I've always had people tell me, Hey, you should definitely become a model, but I never thought that I could because you know, I, I thought I have an amputation. It doesn't matter that I have a pretty face, but, you know, I just, I thought it wasn't, I wasn't able to do it. But when I saw Kayla and then I looked into the agency that she was in and I saw how many other models um, they had with disabilities, I thought, wow, this is an amazing um, agency. I want to be a part of this. And I think that I can. And thankfully I've also had experience being that I was in music videos and stuff. So that gave me a good boost of confidence to kind of just go for it. It's amazing to think that all it takes is seeing one example, because I mean, your son could see you doing stuff like this and be inspired to do something else. It's amazing how all it takes is one example. So without even noticing, you're inspiring other amputees and other women with disabilities to embrace their inner beauty to try to get into modeling. Absolutely. And that's really what I try to put out there is that, um, you know, if I can do it, so can you, whether it be uh, another person with an amputee or whether it be someone with a visible difference or, you know, um, any sort of different background where they, they feel that they can't do it. I, I want to be that person that they can look at and say, hey, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> And that, I feel like, is the lesson of today's episode. If, if you can do it, I can do it as well. But I do have a tough question for you. Now, you've lost your arm several years ago now. You've accepted the situation, and you've gotten used to living life with only one arm. But if you had the power to do it over again, would you do it? Uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> um. I wouldn't only because of like everything that I've endured, but I will say that I am 
fortunate enough to have endured all of that at the same time, because if it wasn't for everything that I went through, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's 100% true. I mean, without my perspective on cerebral palsy, I wouldn't have even thought to do this podcast. Yeah, that's, yeah, you see, there's just certain things. It's just amazing what, what can come out of, of our situations, you know? Right. Now, there is one question I do ask everyone on the podcast, regardless of the situation. Now, when you're not modeling, when your son is taken care of for the day, when it's time to settle everything down, how do you practice self-care? Because it is so important, regardless of the situation, to take care of yourself from a physical and mental health standpoint. Yes, wonderful question. Um, so I do a lot of, I know it's going to be a little cliche, you know, <laughs> but I, I do do a lot of meditation. I do um, yoga. I exercise daily when I can. Um you know, I, I try to connect with friends as much as I could as well, because I think that um, when you have a good support system, it definitely helps you take care of yourself. Um, and I do have a morning routine where I, I get up and I have myself some water and or some tea and I have my morning workout and stuff like that. Those are all things that honestly keep me um, grounded. As far as mental, um, I would say that I do go to therapy. So I do have um, a therapy session every other week um, with a, a therapist. And um, she's definitely helped me a lot. It, it, it's, def it's something that I think is anyone needs. You know, whether you have a mental health issue or not, I think it's just a beautiful thing to have someone that's just going to hear you out and not, you know, not judge you or kind of just give you the right um, kind of guidance. I also have a lot of faith. Uh, so my faith is based on um, Christianity. So that helps me in many ways as well to kind of just keep my hopes up and keep me grounded. And all of those things really tie into how I take care of myself and my spirits, because if it isn't for all of those things, I don't know, I'd probably be like a loose cannon or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think even with the therapy, we have days where we're loose cannons. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's, there are days. And I just need to point out to our listeners that even though you are a Christian, you do go to therapy once a week. You guys don't have to do those things if you feel that they're not for you. Therapy oh, is different for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely different for everyone. And some things may work for me. It may not work for you and, and vice versa. Absolutely. I hang around horses when I need a break. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> well, Michelle, it has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you, but... For all of our listeners who are just hearing this interview, who don't really know, where can people find you and what you've been up to? You mentioned that you are working on a book. Oh, yes, that is um, something that I am working on. Um, my book is going to be, I, I hope for it to be some sort of like a self-help kind of book, an inspirational book, where I talk about, you know, the different, uh, where I talk about mental health a lot and um how how normal 
you know, it, it, it could be to go through all of these feelings, you know, cause I feel like a lot of people, um, they, they try and, and say, you're not allowed to feel a certain way about certain things or, or they want to rush you to, to kind of just overcome something and stuff. So I, my book will be based on things like that. And, um, you know, even overcoming obstacles, becoming a mother and having an amputee and so forth. So to find me, um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active because I can't keep up with everything at the same time. Um, and my Instagram name is Michelle with two L's J just the letter period C underscore. Well, we will have your link to your Instagram and your TikTok. I believe you had on your profile in the description below. Now, do you have any idea when the book will be coming out? Right now it's in the works. So there's no, um, I would, there's no date just yet. Okay. I just wasn't sure for like putting that in the <laughs> show notes later or not. Yeah, no, I just, um, actually started a GoFundMe because it, it is really expensive to put a book together. And, um, with a person like me, who's kind of like, uh, who has this intimate relationship with procrastination, I kind of need that accountability. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I started a, a GoFundMe for it cause it is, it's pretty expensive, but, um, I'm hoping crossing my fingers, um, that it would be out in two years. Well, we look forward to hearing about that story as it unfolds. Michelle, one final question for you. You have any final thoughts before we wrap up this interview? Like what? <laughs> okay, well, that answers it itself. <laughs> Michelle, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We look forward to not only dropping this episode later in February, but sharing the stories of other Zebedee models as the year progresses. From all of us here at the Sit Down Standout Show, I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and we shall see you next time. <laughs>